Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of In My Drafts. So today is episode number 13, and we're going to be talking about labor. So some of you might not know, but I am a labor and delivery nurse, and I absolutely love it. I love educating people about maternal health, um, what labor looks like, and these are just things that I feel like are not talked about so much in day-to-day conversation, of course. Um, But for those of you who are interested, maybe you don't have a kid but want one one day, or perhaps you're pregnant right now, I hope that this kind of helps you give just five random things that I want to share about labor. Um, Up until now on this podcast, we've talked about things like travel languages and life lessons. So this one's a little different, but I hope that it's perhaps a start to several episodes on things having to do with um, maternal health and having a baby. So I hope you enjoy. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about is something that I oftentimes like to tell parents if they're going to be brand new parents, if they've never had a baby before. And that is that labor usually does not look like it does in the media. So this is for most of the time, um, especially if you've never had a baby before, you are not going to have the same scenario where in the movies, there's a pregnant woman and her water breaks and suddenly she's getting all of these contractions back to back, super painful. Things get really hectic. There's adrenaline rushing. And then she has a baby in like 10 minutes. So that kind of situation is usually either one, you've had many babies before and truly, yes, things can happen that quickly when your water suddenly breaks, um, if you've had many kids before, or two, in the rare exceptions, and there are always exceptions, every body is different, um, but rarely if it's your first time having a baby and you truly go into labor and have a baby within three hours or less, that is something that we in the labor and delivery world like to call precipitous labor or precipitous delivery. But That, again, is an exception most of the time if your water breaks and if you've never had a baby before, you still have some time to get the things that you packed for the hospital to get to the hospital safely. And usually the pain is not going to go from zero pain to 10 out of 10 pain in just a couple of minutes. You will probably start to feel more intensity in contractions, especially if you were already having some contractions that were getting painful, Um, or you might just start to feel some cramping. Um, So yes, when your water breaks, you get this rush of labor hormones that runs through your body. And those hormones are the ones that are also in charge of your contractions and the strength of them. So you will experience some change for sure, but you will not be spitting out a baby in just a few minutes. So fear not, it is not usually like the media says it is. I will, however, put a disclaimer here that I probably should have done at the beginning, but um, I just want to emphasize that truly every situation can be so different. You can definitely have a different story from what the average person has. But I think just for the purposes of this episode, I have in mind more so people who've never had a baby before, and this is their first time going into labor. But yes, disclaimers out there, things can go totally differently, but this is just kind of the average of what I've seen. 
So with that being said, the second thing that I wanted to talk about is the duration of labor. So oftentimes you'll hear people say, I was in labor for like two days, three days. Uh, and this can vary so much. It doesn't necessarily have to be that long, even if it's your first baby. But there are different phases to labor that you may hear some providers talk about. Um, one of the most common being early labor um, or latent labor. It's another name for it. And then active labor. So what does that all mean? Well, let's backtrack a little and uh, first go over your cervix, right? So your cervix needs to dilate in order for the baby's head to be able to come out. And with that, the baby's body and for the baby to be born. So um, when you first start off, your cervix could be completely closed and it needs to dilate all the way to 10 centimeters. At that point, that's when you can push your baby out. Uh, so early labor, if you want to kind of get into definitions that are a little more clear cut, is up to the point from where you've reached uh, six centimeters. So once you are six centimeters and above, you are active labor. So this can look a little different for each person, depending on their pain tolerance and how they're coping and, and their environment. And everyone kind of experiences pain a little differently. But typically, um, early labor, that point where you're trying to work yourself to the six centimeter point, is what takes the longest. That's what takes like half a day, a day, maybe even a day and a half. And at the beginning, it might be something that you can sleep through where you might just feel some cramps. Some people truly start breathing pretty heavily and feeling a lot more intense contractions at that point. But typically, this is working your way up to active labor and it takes a long time. And I always like to preface this with, with new parents so that they're not discouraged that things are taking so long and maybe after you know six hours you've only dilated one centimeter and but the point is uh, this is the part that takes so much patience um, and well all of it takes patience but typically I like to emphasize to not be um, discouraged if things aren't progressing super quickly once you've reached six centimeters and above we consider you active labor so that for most people will look like, really regular contractions about every two to three minutes. Your cervix is changing a lot more quickly. So maybe in just an hour, you've dilated a whole centimeter and you may be ready to push in just a few more hours. Uh, this is where you see that really heavy breathing, that deep moaning, um, really uh, painful contractions that are doing really good work and dilating your cervix and getting you closer to having that baby. So that's that kind of intense, like adrenaline rush kind of scenario that you may envision is that active labor part. The third point I wanted to hit was the importance of your physical environment in labor. And this is so, so important. And I want to kind of talk about how that relates to labor progressing for you. So uh, lowering your adrenaline rush is something very important. And first I'll explain why. Um, so adrenaline is that hormone in your body that you're, you've heard about, but it can actually get in the way of those labor hormones being able to be used by your body. So the main labor hormone that you'll hear people talk about is called oxytocin, and that does many things for you. But one of the main things it does in labor is that it helps your contractions come 
more strongly and more intensely and more regularly. So you need that. You need oxytocin for your labor to progress. And adrenaline can actually get in the way of that happening by kind of blocking these these receptors these uh, detectors that you have on your uterus that detect the oxytocin around. So lowering your adrenaline rush, how do you do this? So you've got to play with your senses. You have to have some calming sounds, for example, if you like music, play something that you like, create a playlist, uh, maybe some meditation if that works for you. Sights. I had a patient once who brought uh, these really cute uh, artwork that her toddler made into the hospital with her and just hung it around her room. And she also brought these portable, like battery powered fairy lights or whatever you call them and uh, kind of made the low lighting for her, which I'll talk about in a second about low lighting. So she made the environment visually appealing, more calm. Familiar textures are also great. Some people will bring in their own soft blankets from home or pillows, or some people will bring in their own gowns for the hospital. And just anything that helps you feel like more at home with scents that you are familiar with. And then scents, also going forward with that, some people bring essential oils and oil diffusers and all of that works great if there are things that you're used to using and that create, mimic that environment that you have at home. So this is obviously assuming if you're in a hospital setting where things can be very unfamiliar, we've got bright lights everywhere, new faces, new people. And so all of that can cause these spikes in adrenaline rush and in your heart rate. So if we can get that down and you relaxing, it can help your labor progress by allowing your body to really utilize all of those labor hormones that are running through your body. With that being said, another thing that is uh, physically very important is low lighting. And it's not just for like the mood, which it's great uh, for calming mood, but low lighting helps to increase the amount of melatonin that you have in your body. So if you've heard of melatonin before, it's that hormone that helps you with sleep and with relaxation, right? So when your melatonin increases in your body, it actually helps your uterus become more sensitive to these labor hormones, this oxytocin. And so your uterus is able to contract stronger. And this is very necessary for your cervix to continue to dilate and for you to be able to have your baby. So your environment super, super important and make it your own and make it whatever makes you feel less tense, less fearful, more calm, um, and more at peace. The fourth piece of information that I want to share is that movement is so important in labor. This might sound like, well, yeah, duh, movement is important. But sometimes truly you'll run into women who are like afraid to move or maybe in too much pain um, and are afraid to make it worse. But many times good movement actually will help you feel better will help relieve some of that maybe hip pain that you are having or lower back pain and help get baby in a more optimal position that will many times relieve some of those pains. So movement is so important and you can still move even when you have an epidural, even if you're nice and numb, you're just going to need a little help, but there are tools that the nurses can use to help get you in positions that are going to help keep your body moving every every 30 minutes or so if you're not sleeping, of course, um, and help that baby to come further down and hopefully shorten labor. 
So one of the things that I always advocate for is a peanut ball. It's a little hard to visually explain what it is, but it's kind of like a big birthing ball material, but in the shape of a peanut. And it's something that can be used to put between your legs, under one leg, under another leg. There's so many positions that you can get into with this during labor, but um, ask your nurse about a peanut ball, or if you're going to be delivering at a hospital and you're looking into it, try to find out if they have peanut balls, because these are really great tools that have shown that have been shown to help decrease labor time. And pushing time. So um, peanut balls are great for positioning, especially if you have an epidural and you're stuck in bed. And then the last thing I wanted to kind of mention under movement is something called spinning babies. So this to briefly describe what is spinning babies, there's actually a website that you can read up more on it. I'm pretty sure it's spinningbabies.com. I probably should have looked that up beforehand. But anyway, so what is this? Um, So this is an approach to birthing and labor that was created by a midwife, and it explores using different physical activities and positions and pairing that with the anatomy that's happening. So uh, the positioning of your baby, like where is your baby? What position is your baby in? And using that to decide to um, put you in a certain position or to do certain activities to help make your birth progress and to make it easier. These things, these activities, these positions can be used literally anywhere, um, in a bed, out of a bed, in a hospital, at home, uh, in a birthing center, anywhere. They're very easy. There's so many to choose from. And these positions or uh, the activities are actually also really great for using before labor for preparation. So the point of this is to help stretch some ligaments and some joints in your pelvis that maybe you typically don't stretch because you don't really know how, you don't think about it. So it's a great tool to look into that has all, um, all to do with, or what am I trying to say is all about movement. The last thing I want to talk about regarding labor is fear and to encourage you to not be afraid during labor, to trust your body, listen to your body and be assured that you were literally physically made to be able to do this. Many times in the heat of the moment, in the pain, in the middle of everything, women will express that they feel like they can't do it. Uh, They really often lose faith in themselves in those intense moments. So this truly can be a big mind game. And I think the preparation for this can begin ahead of time, kind of with things like I mentioned earlier, with knowing what you're going to do for your environment to help create something that makes you feel safe and comforted. And this is all going to help you with reducing fear, thus reducing the tension physically in your body. And all of this can even help your pain be experienced a little less intensely. So another factor that I think helps with um, fear, at least for myself, is to know more information. Uh, The more I know, the more prepared I feel. So if you're that kind of person, for sure, ask questions. And I always like to encourage my patients to please repeat their questions if they need to, ask for explanations ask for someone different to explain something. Um, We are here to service you and it is your right to be able to feel like you know what's going on and you understand. And if you're someone who likes this and this helps you become less fearful of things, then go for it. Absolutely 100%. But yes, remind yourself that you can do this. You can labor. You got this. (laughs) 
All right, so those were the five things that I wanted to talk about regarding labor today. I hope that you learned something new and I do want to make more episodes like this one where I can bring you some labor and delivery education, maybe story time, we'll see. In the meantime, I wanna leave you with a few resources if it is something that you wanna learn more about. So again, that website that I mentioned earlier, spinningbabies.com, you can start there to learn more about positioning and activities that you can do even before labor. Another resource I wanted to mention is Mandy Irby. So she is a labor and delivery nurse that can be found on YouTube and Instagram. She is a great labor education um, provider uh, for both parents and healthcare providers. And lastly, on Instagram, you can check out the account called Bundle Birth for more birth education. Thanks everyone for tuning in and I hope you stay safe and healthy.